Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. This month is special, but admittedly, this episode hurts. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. (laughs) You made the weirdest clicking noise when you did that. I'm not a good Wookiee. Yep, kids, we are at doing the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. The infamous 1978 one-shot wonder. Yes, indeed. Wow, this is, uh... Capital yikes. uh, Capital yikes. Capital yikes. So, there's so much to... I was going to say there's so much to unpack, but most of it is just terrible. Yep. (laughs) So the rip we saw literally started with the toy ad? Yeah, it starts with a commercial that is, you know, part of it. Yes. Which is a toy ad for the upcoming, like, action figure and, um, like, spaceship toy, toy line. Yeah. By... Kenner. Kenner, yes. Oh, and it's C-3PO welcoming, welcoming us with R2-D2. Star Wars, you and your children loved it. <laughs> Now, the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles. Which makes sense. Yeah, I just, I think it's interesting that in 1978, that uh, they are advertising to the parents saying, Mm -hmm. this is good for your child. Well, today's commercials are like, hey, kids. I mean, I think there were more laws back then about uh, advertising directly to children. Because that's where we got the, like, very toy commercial cartoons. Right. And then those, you know, when those laws were reversed, we got the, like, super late 80s toy commercial cartoons. And then those laws kind of came back into fashion. I did, I wouldn't also be surprised if it was just a bunch of marketing people going, kids don't have money. Why would we advertise to them? This was also like airing in prime time, so adults would be watching. This right. wasn't during like a cartoon. Right, that's true. This was airing, you know, in the prime time time slot. This was also the first Christmas where... Star Wars toys were available, so they wanted to hit that drum hard. Right, because the year before was the... The empty box. The box, yeah, the display. Yeah, which was crazy. Yeah, the toys were so popular that you had to buy an empty box in the hopes that they would send you the toy later. Well, it wasn't that it was so popular. It wasn't that they couldn't make enough of them. It's that they weren't yet made. Uh, Oh, they just weren't done? Like, they they were never going to be done in time? Yeah. It was the called the Early Bird Certificate. Oh, wow. Uh, your Star Wars figures aren't ready yet, but patience. They'll be in the post soon. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that being said, how many video games have I pre-ordered? And it's just, it was one of those things, nobody expected Star Wars to be the runaway hit it was. 
We didn't see a uh, movie be unprepared for merchandise like this again until Frozen. Yeah. Because in 2013, Frozen, they were not prepared for Frozen Mania. Yeah. And they couldn't keep the Elsa dresses or the dolls in stock. And there was like riots at Disney stores. That's not a place you want to have a riot. I mean, I have, but it's fun. (laughs) Apologies to the Disney stores I'm no longer welcome in. (laughs) So we, we start with this commercial and then... Once we're through the commercial, then we get our cold open, which features Han Solo and Chewbacca fleeing. And uh, Han has to turn back, but Chewie explains that it's life day, but he does it in Wookiee. Yeah. And, you know, Han does the usual, oh, I know it's life day and I know it's an important holiday to you, Chewie. We'll get there in time. So we're doing the rushing home for Christmas plot. Yes. Of the Christmas special. There's only like four plots for Christmas specials. Yes, there's, there's I'll Be Home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Gift of the Magi. Yes. There's uh, Parents Get Arrested Looking for a Toy. Yes. Um, which Doubting one? Santa. And doubt, Doubting Santa, yeah. that's Those are the four. Well, there's, there's one more. I would say the Doubting the Christmas Spirit, which is like the adult equivalent. Yeah. Like the Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Yes. That that usually ends with like, I need a miracle. Yeah. Please. Father Christmas. Man, I love Christmas specials. Do a whole podcast about just Christmas specials. Maybe we are. Nobody knows what's coming after Stay Doomed. Ooh. Ooh. So the next thing that follows is if you've seen a Colbert Christmas special, which is the I'll Be Home for Christmas plot. Yes. He'll be at a studio for his special. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the irony. Like, the Colbert yeah. Christmas special looks very blatantly like this. And you notice something about how people were credited in this. Yes, because it's, you know... With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. R2-D2 as R2-D2. Yep, because Kenny Baker did not appear in this. Which is, a, I, I would say, a bummer, but I bet he was thrilled. <laughs> uh, R2-D2's not in enough of this to warrant bringing him on. Right. Because he doesn't really do much in the couple of scenes he's in. No. So you don't really need to go through the expense or difficulty of having an actor in there. They used a radio control unit instead. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I, they should have just used a radio-controlled Han Solo as well. Because he did not want to be there. If Han Solo could have, or if Harrison Ford could have gotten away with it, they would have. Mm-hmm. So we're about four minutes and 20 seconds in. Yes. And we meet Chewbacca's family. Chewbacca's family. We have uh, his father, Itchy. Itchy, Lumpy is the son, and Maud, Maud? Mala. Mala. Terrible names. Now, they do have other names. Uh, Ugly? No, Itchy, Mullet, and Lumpy are like Chewy. They're, uh, they're nicknames. They're shorthand? Yeah. So his father is Atichita... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Can, I'm going to need that one again. Uh, uh, <laughs> his wife is... <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to know what... What is Chewbacca's father's name? If you could tell me that, it'd be very important. Itchy? Itchy for short, but that's short for what? This is really hard. Uh, a Tichikuk? 
Oh. A, a, a touch a cuck? <laughs> I touch a cuck. Mm. Add a chit cuck. Nope. Nothing sounds good. Itchy. We're going to call him itchy. Instead of cuck? <laughs> yes. Um, his wife is malatobic. Which sounds like a lake. And his son is Lumpawarump, which sounds like something Winnie the Pooh is afraid of. <laughs> Lumpawarump. Oh, the lump of the rump and the hemp lumps and the woozles. Oh, piglet, the Lumpawarump <laughs> has stolen my honey. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Um, <laughs> sorry, I really like that joke. Um, and what was the father's name? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Adichikuk. Adichikuk, alright. Eventually I got there. Um, and they actually do use the wrong, uh, name for the, uh, homeworld. Really? Yeah, they call it Kashyyyk, but, uh, Kashyyyk is the name of it in the Star Wars Expanded Universe, but they call it, like, Kazook. Oh. Which is not the accepted name for it now. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Facts. So way to go, Star Wars. That that really what ruins everything. Well, kind of. George Lucas doesn't really seem to know what his plan is, despite wanting us to think he know what, knows what his plan is. I mean, he started with Episode Four because he already knew what happens in Episode One, Two, and Three. Yeah, he definitely didn't know Luke and Leia were related. He did. He did he not. Do. He they shared the same metachlorians. Yeah, they also shared some saliva. It's a sharing family. So, we there's no dialogue in this next uh, segment, except for Wookiee. Yes. And... Next segment implies that it is momentary. And we'll get there. We'll get to exactly how long this was. But uh, Lumpy is fretting because Chewie's not yet home for, for Life Day. Yeah. And... Uh, Mala just kind of tells him to, like, go watch TV, so he watches his hologram table. Yes. Which has teeny tiny little acrobats in it. Which, for the record, I think is dumb. Because, like, holograms aren't real, and then you have them juggle, which is, like, if a person juggles, that's semi-interesting. But, like, if I were to see a cartoon juggle, it's not impressive because it's a cartoon. I mean, they're photorealistic, so I imagine they're kind of, like, more of a transmitted hologram, like Leia is when R2-D2 distributes the information to Obi-Wan. No. (laughs) No, because the board is... That's where they play the chess. Okay. And that's not real. Okay, so when you watch TV and you watch a cartoon... Does that mean when you watch a horror movie later, those actors are cartoons? Yes. Okay, good. Good logicking <laughs> there. Um, so, Lumpy whines a lot. And this sequence is what makes me realize why this is a Stay Doomed. This sequence, yeah. Um, well, why this is Stay Doomed material? Because they clearly were hoping to make Chewbacca's family a thing. Oh, I thought you were saying that this is, like, the moment it was damned. No. But no, you're right, you're right. No, they were clearly hoping to make Chewbacca's family a thing in their own right. Yeah, I was curious that, like, there's so much pushing of toys in this mm-hmm. that, like, where are the Star Wars holiday special toys? Uh, they 
made because this was so infamously bad, they made um horrifying uh mock-ups of Chewie's family for action figures, but they were never produced. Oh, okay. Because I'd like a, a what was uh, Chewbacca's father's name again? Itchy. <laughs> I'd love an itchy action figure. Um, so Maul, Itchy is definitely Chewie's father, and so Maul is super nice for taking care of him. Maul is looking for the Falcon. Itchy is also horrifying. He's really- like his lower lip goes up to like his nose. Yeah, like, he's not a pleasant-looking fellow. So he's, like, constantly smelling <laughs> his own breath. Uh, it's terrible. It's awful. It's so awful. I hate it. I keep uh, pulling up pictures and making Noah look at them. I hate how itchy looks. He's just, oh, God, he's so unpleasant. I just stop. All right, this is audio. Let's keep going. I was trying to see if the, Wikipedia, the uh, Wikipedia page had how to pronounce his name. Or if they're just going to let me swing on this one. Yep, they're going to just let me swing on this. Gotcha. Oh my god. He and Chewbacca's mother lived in the city of Rokoro. Which is a planet named by Scooby-Doo. I, it kind of sounds like when you tell a husky that it's time <laughs> to go to bed. Um... So, in this sequence, we also have, like, Itchy, not Itchy, Lumpy. Yeah. Like, walks on the banister. Yeah. And I was like, oh. A checkoff skill. I, I just assumed he would fall. I, I felt like it was something that was going to come up later. I was like, oh, he's going to balance on this later. Well, I mean, we're how deep into this and there's not been much excitement. Right. And you kind of get the impression of, like, man... Chewie's kind of a jerk going on fun adventures and being part of the Rebel Alliance. When, like, he, well, I mean, it's not a fun adventure. He's fighting for what's right. I mean, yeah, but she's stuck. Poor Mala is stuck with his whiny son and gross dad. Justice for Mala. That's what he's fighting for. Fine. Justice. So, she Skypes in. At 13 minutes and 30 seconds, 9 minutes and 10 seconds later, yeah, the, we finally hear a human being again. So there's 9 minutes of nothing but Wookiee screams and implied dialogue. And uh, acrobats. And acrobats. Who do not speak. Yeah. Wookiee or English. I'm realizing looking back, I only got this far in the special the first time I watched it. Yeah. Uh, without, because I legitimately thought I was like hallucinating because I watched it alone in the middle of the night as one would do a horror film. I just, this could have been fixed with subtitles. And the fact, because like the reason Chewie works the same way Groot works is whenever someone says something, the person who's talking to the Chewbacca or Groot character, repeats it, yeah. basically. What do you mean you're scared? Like, oh, he said I'm scared. Yeah. Uh, you take that away, and it's just a bunch of rugs screaming. Yes. Uh, it's worth mentioning that Luke is very heavily made up during the sequence. Like, he is Jersey Shore orange. Yes. And it's because of the car accident he suffered uh, in 78... And he kind of hasn't healed up, and it hasn't been written in yet. Because it's written in the beginning of Empire. Yeah, when he's attacked by a wampa. wampa. Yeah. Uh, But he's also wearing guyliner, and it's great. 
He looks very feminine in this shot. And it's because of the makeup, and I don't want to make fun of Mark Hamill. He's a treasure. But he looks very feminine. I think you're just not used to seeing him in an eyeliner. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a big part of it. Is but there's like, like a lot of like blush to him. It's just... Uh, well, they dyed him like orange. Yeah, he's been dyed orange. He's wearing like a lot of what would be called pancake makeup. Yeah. Which is very, very, very full coverage. Because they didn't want to show the facial scarring. And the, like the eyelashes, like... He's almost pretty close to Clockwork Orange. He's wearing... That's the shade of orange he is. Yes, and... I know, like, when I put on full coverage foundation for, like, an event, it washes you out real bad, so that's why you have to have, like, eyeliner and blush and mascara. So they probably kind of fell into the trap of they kept shellacking on makeup yeah, to correct the problem. Yeah, going. And it did not improve things. Yeah, it's, ugh, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, and he's upset that Chewie has not gotten home yet. But uh, tells her not to worry. He's not going to miss life day. Yep. And then that's that's it. Then he's done. We're done with Mark Hamill. Uh, until the grand finale. So then Mala calls like the trading post. And someone who can only be described as Dark Helmet from Spaceballs is already there. Yes. He does look a lot like uh, Dark Helmet. It's just the same like black with like a touch of nerd. Right. And he is a uh, an Imperial officer who is raiding the trading post. So the shopkeeper, who is the Honeymooner's Art Carney, kind of encourages the Imperial officer to look around. He's friendly, he's schmoozing, and... Uh, I don't know if he's a great character or I was just so desperate for a human that I was like, this guy's great! I mean, he's a protagonist. He's the audience's kind of... Yeah, he's, Inroad. he's like a fast-talking used car salesman type, but he's screwing over the Empire with his deals. Uh, he speaks in code to Mala about Han and Chewie. Yes, he says something like... Good to see you again. Don't say a word, madam. I know just why you're calling. You're wondering when that shaggy carpet you ordered will arrive at your home. Let me assure you, madam, it's on its way. You know, it was made especially for you by a little old woman four planets away. She did it all by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by hand. Solo. Get it? Yeah, it's really bad code. Yeah. Uh, like, the Imperial Guard should be looking over like, how hey, stupid do you think I am? Hey, he sounds like he said Han Solo, which is the guy that I'm looking for. And we cut to the Death Star? Yes. Where we see that Vader's hunting for them in... Clear outtake footage from A New Hope. Yeah, like, the footage looks weird because it's, like, film footage instead of TV footage. It's just, it's jarring is the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's in a different aspect ratio. It's, like, it's from the film. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it looks weird and... It do. Dumb. I hate it. So, uh, Mala, so, like... Son, which is the name of the traitor, tells Mala they should be coming soon, and so Mala starts to cook the Life Day meal. Oh. Let's... Uh, this is so pointless. Yep. And, like, uh, uh, it's a guy who is in drag and blackface. Pretty much, yeah. 
And he is teaching this Wookiee how to make this Life Day dinner, which I guess is kind of forward-thinking, the idea of pulling up a YouTube video to uh, show off yes. how to do something. But the whole bit is it's supposed to be done in this very certain way. And guess what we are ready for now? The cooking. Step one, we stir the mixture. Stir, 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 stir. Stir, 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 stir. Very nice. Now, step two, while we're stirring, we also whip. So it's stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo because precision is very important in this recipe and we do want to have a fine consistency, don't we? So, and on the count of one, stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Having fun, having fun, all right? But the instructor has four arms, so she's able to do all those things. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Wookiee's just like, ah, it's too hard, and slams it down, and I guess there's just not dinner. Yeah, like... Like, that's never soft. There's never just like, ah, I'll order a pizza. But there's just no food now. Yeah, like, when you're... If you've ever, like, kind of done the holiday meal... And then halfway through, you're like, oh, this was really complicated. You know, Tasty did me dirty. And you just kind of give up. And it's super reminiscent of the Dan Aykroyd Julia Child. Oh, where she cuts her hand or whatever? Yeah, where he does the French chef. Yes. Which aired nearly a month after the Star Wars holiday special. Really? Really? The French Chef air date was December 9th, 1978. Hmm. Isn't that funny? It's suspicious is what it is. Dan Aykroyd watched the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special and thought he could do better? Yeah. Guess what? He did. Wait, is that just, did he admit that? No! No, I'm saying he did do better. Oh, I thought he was just going to be like, in an interview, Dan Aykroyd was like, I stole this! No, I'm saying he did do better because (laughs) it was not hard. So that's uh, Chef Gormanda. Gormanda, yes. I love when Gour- Star Wars naming conventions start getting lazy. Yeah, because Gormanda, Gorma come, coming from gourmet, and Manda meaning bit that goes on too long. Yeah, and Gourmand is also a noun for a foodie. That's what they used to use instead of the word foodie. It was Gourmand? Yes. Ah. Yep. Vocabulary lessons from Stay Doomed. You're welcome, SAT takers. So, uh, Son comes in and he's got his gifts and he's got like, what does he have for a lumpy? He has like Legos. It's, it's not the important thing. <laughs> it's uh, not the disturbing thing that will haunt Kashyyyk your Kashyyyk is, uh, what we have to say before that is Kashyyyk has just been placed under martial law by the Empire. Yes. Now because you can they are to... looking for these dirty rebels. Now you can explain what Son gives Itchy. Because jer- I don't want to. It's a jerk-off chair. Okay. It's what it is. He is strapped down into this this chair. They put a helmet on his head. And an attractive woman says something like, You know what? I think you're adorable. And then he hits a button, so she repeats it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, 
We are excited, aren't we? Well, just relax. Just relax. Yeah. We can have a good time, can't we? Oh. Hmm. I'll tell you a secret. I find you adorable. I'll tell you a secret. Because clearly he is he is turned on by this and he goes through like a pleasurable experience watching this woman. While his grandson's still in the room yes. and his daughter-in-law. Uh, the shopkeeper also demands like a kiss from Mala, which is weird. Like That is super weird that that happens. Because like we don't know how Wookiees show affection because no. we've only seen Chewie at this moment. So like to assume that they're like, yeah, kiss. Is weird. It's like when you go up to when you ever go somewhere and they're like, "Where's my hug?" Go. Uh, like, oh. Don't ever do that. Don't ask a woman where your hug is. Don't what? ask her for. A matter of fact, if you're listening to this, if anyone says, "Where's my hug?" to you, just say outside, <laughs> or just go lump a rump, lump a rump, or itch a macuck, or whatever the heck its name <laughs> oh, is. No. Um, Adichikuk. Um, and I lost my place because I was too busy being horrified. It happens. Oh, the producers, like, admitted they wanted to sneak, like, a softcore porn past the censors with this. That's why it's so blatantly sexual. Congrats. <laughs> you really, you really, oof. And then, uh. Got him so good. Leia calls. Hey. Quick question before yes. we get into Princess Leia. When was the, the, the Shatner O'Hare kiss? Um, that would have been in the 60s. That was in the 60s, okay. Yeah, because Star Trek, um, the original Star Trek debuted in 66 and only ran three seasons. Okay. So it had to be before 1970. Okay, I was just curious if like, like, ah, oh, you got... That interracial kiss. We're going interspecies. So, the Kirk O'Hara kiss uh, was in 1968. Mm. Okay, what a what a way to pay tribute ten years later than by having this man kiss a Wookiee. Having this woman kiss a Wookiee? Oh, having, okay, Mala and... The, I thought you meant the weird porno tape. No. Oh, yeah, I guess that could be That's what I thought you were heading toward. Um... So Leia Skypes in, and Leia is racist. Yeah, Leia does not want to talk to the Wookiees. No. Mala, it's so good to see you. Happy Life Day. She says it may be a happy life day for you, but personally, she's seen happier ones. I don't want to tire the channels. So could you do me a favor and send either Chewbacca or Han Solo to the screen, please? She talks to Sawn the shopkeeper, who she's totally cool with. And uh, Leia and C-3PO are, like, just kind of hanging out in a really inexpensive set. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is where a princess should be spending her, like, spare time. It's okay, though, because Carrie Fisher is high. Oh, my God. Her eyes are so far away from each other. Her eyes had 
recently had an argument and were not speaking to one another and decided that they were going to spend the rest of the day as far apart from each other on poor Carrie Fisher's face. She's so out of it. She's unbelievably high. I can't believe they made it through whatever that scene was. It's not that much dialogue. Still. Uh, so then we go back to the Falcon and it's uh, Han and Chewie bickering Han and Chewily. Yes, they're, you know, the classic. Yeah. And then uh, Lumpy hears a spaceship. Yes. And this is where, like, I would think this would end in a merciful and just world. Because we're now about 45 minutes in. Yeah. And this is what, like, an hour would have run. Right. But that being said, there is no conflict. I mean... If it ended here. A lot of these, like, variety show specials had very little conflict. Yeah, but some... Yeah, but the show's bad and I wanted it to be over. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue that. Well, guess what? Stormtroopers show it's up. It's Stormtroopers. So, uh, things suck for everybody. There's martial law. Nothing's good. Uh, so the Imperials are searching for Chewbacca and rebel uh, paraphernalia. Right. Uh, Son tries to uh, distract them with Mala's music video box. And we see... A weird performance by Jefferson Starship. Yes, yes. The Pokemon evolution of Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Starship. And it's just... Like, there's nothing cool about this song. There's nothing cool about this performance. It's just... It just continues on and on with occasional shots of the guard still watching it. So you know, oh, all right, he's still looking at it. It's inexpensive but is trying to look awesome yes uh there i i got really uh you said when we were watching it that you got really strong welcome to my nightmare vibes from yes that. from the muppet show <laughs> that's Just, a that's a really good coincidence because the thing i got was the river bottom nightmare band from emma daughter's jug band family christmas mm, okay it's that but not as good of a song right river bottom nightmare band <laughs> I like Emma um, Otter. Hungry. This should be an Emma Otter podca- podcast. It might be. Nobody knows what's coming after Stay Doomed. Emma Otter fan cast. Um, so, after the music video is done, they all decide to, like, continue searching. And they tell Mala to keep Lumpy, like, occupied. Because they're like, we're going to search your kid's room. Um... So keep him occupied while we search your kid's room. Now, mind you, this is like Wookiee Christmas. This is like they're taking their sacred holiday and just messing stuff up. Yeah. It's it's bad times. And I get it that it's a holiday special. So, like, they're going to overcome everything. But, like, it's... The way a holiday special works... Is it's the magic of the holiday that saves you. Yeah. It's the spirit of Christmas or Hanukkah or... I've never seen a Kwanzaa special, but I'm sure they exist. Rugrats had one. Did they? Yes. Did the spirit of Kwanzaa save the day at the end? I don't remember much of it. <laughs> I don't remember much about the Rugrats Christmas specials. The only one I really remember is the Hanukkah special. 
But, like, the whole point of a holiday special is, like, things are down, but it's Christmas. And by holding on to that, things are going to get better. We never find out what Wookiee Life Day is. So when the guards storm, we don't have that feeling of, but it's Wookiee Life Day. All we know is it's important. Yes. We don't know why, but it is. So Lumpy does what any kid does. And uh, while they're searching his house for rebel shit, they he watches a cartoon about his dad doing rebel shit. That's so... I don't... You could have put this early in the plot. You could have replaced the uh, acrobats with it. Yes. Or the jerk-off chair. No, they needed that. Uh, So this is notable because it's the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. (laughs) This cartoon. I don't understand it. It's inexpensive. Yes. It kind of looks like heavy metal. Very good. Yeah? Uh, Yeah, they actually... The animators directly wanted to pay homage to uh, Moibus, who is the uh, creator of heavy metal. But, like, I guess it does establish Boba Fett, but, like, it's the story of Boba Fett showing up and being like, hey, guys, I'm your friend. And Luke going, sure. I'm pretty sure I have makeup that costs more than this animation. But Luke's like, yeah, you have an evil voice in a rocket launcher, but uh, I'll believe that we're friends. And then Boba Fett's like, ah, they believe I'm friends. Let me call Darth Vader. No, no, what happens... (laughs) There's, like, a story about, like, getting an antidote for a sleeping sickness. But while Han and Luke are indisposed and Boba Fett and Chewie are going to look for this antidote because it only affects humans, uh, 3PO and R2 essentially check Boba Fett's voicemail and not even a little bit in code. Like, hand solo looks like it is huge cryptography compared to this. I want them alive. Now that you've gotten their trust, they may take you to their new base. This time we'll get them all. I see why they call you the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yo, good job betraying everybody, best bounty hunter ever. Good luck on future evil. So then, like, they get back in. And Chewie sees a stormtrooper and shoots the guy, and Boba Fett looks, like, regretful, I guess? Well, I mean, that's his dad. Or, I guess, yeah, a clone of his dad. Yeah. And he would be like, oh, dad. Sort of. And then Luke's like, Boba Fett, you're a hero and a faithful friend. And 3PO's like, so about that. Yeah, here's the thing, guys. He's not. And so Boba Fett leaves. <laughs> he literally blasts off, like, Team Rocket. He's like, I haven't found out. Mm, I'm going to go be the coolest part of Empire. Goodbye. And then, like, Chewie's like, I, Chewie is implied to always have suspected because he's, because Boba Fett smelled weird. Yeah. He's a stinky man. So. Take that, Boba Fett fans. Uh, Tatooine, is the, like, there's a breaking newscast of Tatooine being put under curfew by the Empire because of, you know, Rebel activity. Now, I I need to say this, that the cart... I've tried to watch this in college. Uh, Shout-outs to Sherry if you're watching this, because this is who I watched it with. Uh, 
But uh, I tried to watch this in college and I got to the cartoon and I was like, no more. And we were watching it with the riff tracks on. And I was still just like, I cannot spend another moment looking at this. And I can say now in watching the second time all the way to the end, this is where I start getting real fuzzy on what happened because my brain could not take any more of this garbage. Uh, Nelvana was the studio that did it. And it was an indie studio at the time, but it became famous later for cartoons like Inspector Gadget and the Get Along Gang. And later they worked on uh, the Fairly Odd Parents and Stay Doomed Alumnus Clone High. Oh, this is no Clone High. This is sure. not Clone High. Uh, this isn't. This is less clever than the title sequence of Clone High. Yeah. So let, let's let's talk about B. Arthur. Yeah, B. Arthur is uh, Akmina. Yes. Who... She is a bartender at the Mos Eisley Cantina. Yes. And we, for some reason spend so much time on this weird love affair between these two characters we have never met before and will never see again and I don't watch Star Wars for the love story. Episode 2. Yeah, she sings a song, Good Night But Not Goodbye. And it's fine. Right, because everyone is told that they have to leave because it's there's a curfew now. It's the precursor to Semisonic's closing time? No, it's not. It's it's the Cantina song slowed down so it sounds sad. Yeah. It's still the same song. But it's it, its effect is closing time. You know, the Mos Eisley Cantina are supposed to be filled with the most, like, loathsome criminals. It's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. And then someone basically goes in and says, bedtime guys. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. Well, they ignore her at first and then she starts kicking them out because no matter how evil you are, no matter how badass you are, you listen to the bartender because she will cut you off and then you'll have no alcohol and then where will you be with your life? But they don't have a, they had to go home. <sighs> yes, that's the big problem. I could have done without any of this. Yeah, this yeah. Like guys, nothing happened with the Wookiees. It's just them waiting for their father while stormtroopers are waiting for his father. Right. Like, the fact that you have no action there, the fact that you went to a whole other planet to show more inaction. Oh, we missed a sequence. No. He makes the translation... Lumpy's trying to make a translation device so that he can fool the, um, the Empire into leaving his house. And we see a malfunctioning, incompetent robot who is played by Harvey Corman, who played Gormanda... And the alien who loves B. Arthur. This guy deserves more. Because I know he's he's like the mayor in Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Yes. I really like him, but man, he cannot save this. And while he's like, he's trying to do this translation device, but he's a robot in this and he's slowly dying. And during the sequence, I screamed out loud, what is happening? Correct. Because I had no idea, like, uh, it's, it's barely a show. So, Lumpy, you know, puts his plan into motion, 
and one stormtrooper stays behind. He finds Lumpy, destroys the machine, and chases Lumpy outside into the deck that we saw him balance on earlier. Right. Han and Chewie show up right in time. Han shoots the stormtrooper. Yes, he kills a cop on Christmas Day. Pretty much. Nothing says Christmas like Like, Harrison Ford shooting a cop. Like murdering a police officer. He says, get off my (laughs) treehouse. So, you know, everyone's like, yay, we're here now. And Imperial officer is like, hey, has anyone seen that stormtrooper? And they're like, oh, yeah, he robbed us and left. Yeah, but he's a clone. He wouldn't do that. Unless George Lucas didn't know they were clones yet. The Clone Wars are already mentioned in the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, but... As the, as the result of the Clone Wars, blah, blah, blah. How do you explain the fact that stormtroopers are different heights? Shh. Only one of them hits their head in that doorway. I'm just saying. They're not different heights. Then how come only one of them hits his head in the doorway? He's walking faster. And the door's going up. Because that's why Leia says pretty short for a stormtrooper to Luke. Stormtrooper blooper. Alright, we're watching this for science. Alright, maybe he's taller. Yeah, he's taller. (laughs) Yeah, because the other stormtrooper next to him just passes right under. They added that sound effect in later. Good. Alright, so maybe... Okay. Ha! In any case... Right. Why were we talking about this? Uh, because you were taking objection to the idea that a stormtrooper rebelled, robbed them, and ran away. Yeah, he's a clone. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, but they're different heights. How are they clones? George Lucas did not know they were clones yet. Mm. So, uh, everyone... they There's a nice warm reunion with Han Solo and Chewie's family. Oh, yeah. You're like family to me. Well, I get her hit the road. I mean, he is your cousin who shows up, kills a cop on your front lawn, and leaves Christmas dinner. I gotta get go. You have nowhere to be. Uh, So then they get their orbs and go to the life day tree. What is this? To do their life day celebration and they appear in a uh, a plain black set filled with candles wearing red robes would you believe me if i told you they forgot to make a budget for this set oh i would totally i believe anything you told me about this okay because they didn't make a budget for this set so they just sent a bunch of the pas out into the world to buy candles cool uh <laughs> luke, get a bunch luke leia and han appear and then leia sings a song which she was contractually, uh, she wanted it in her contract that she got to sing. Oh, the yeah. old, she pulled an old Kirsten Dunst. Yes. It was in her contract that she got to sing. And then uh, Chewie has a flashback to the previous movie's events. Yeah, which I thought was kind of special. Uh-huh. Because at this point, the idea of seeing parts of Star Wars would be difficult. Okay. Because it wouldn't be in theaters anymore, and it's before, like, a release on VHS, and it's not, like, on television. So, like, as a Star Wars fan, the idea of seeing parts of Star Wars is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, I used to I listened to this podcast called the Star Wars Minute. Yes, and every episode was about exactly one minute of Star Wars. Right. So like the first five episodes are about the opening crawl. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a it's fun. Uh, in any case, how long is each episode? Like ten minutes. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, they don't spend like an hour on every minute. But what's interesting is they actually discussed that. When they were kids, they had a toy that said a line from the movie. And mm-hmm. the idea of being able to, like, own a part of the film and actually hear dialogue from the film was so special because you couldn't just see it. Well, kind of like those books they used to sell. Do you remember the books that had the little, like, soundboard? Yeah. Where if you pushed a button on the soundboard, it would make a noise or say a line from the yes. movie? Like that kind of thing? Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was not a home, like, this didn't air on TV or have a home video release until 82. Yeah, so, like, So it's going to be another before. four years. Yeah. So it's just... Can you imagine, like, going to see Endgame and not having been able to watch Infinity War beforehand? Yeah, that would be insanity. Oh, Endgame was so good. It was. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's Star Wars Holiday Special. What? We made it to the end already. Sheesh. Uh, I'm so glad that this was shorter than the 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 special. Uh, yep. The special felt like it was roughly six and a half hours long. It was 98 minutes. Oh. It aired in a two-hour time slot. It's so painful to it watch is. this. Because, like, you have something as rich and as special as Star Wars. And you just don't use it. Right. It's just like... It doesn't use any of the, like, gee whiz science fiction awesomeness. But, like, to, to you remove, like, conflict from it. Like, I get that it's, like, an outside-of-canon... Yeah. ...like, story. But, like, nobody is tuning in being like, I hope I get to see who's Chewbacca's father. No, everyone's tuning in like, give me Darth fucking Vader. Yeah, nobody wants to see... Itchy. Nobody wants to see Itchikuk. Adichikuk. Adichikuk? Adichikuk. Itchikuk. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the writers claim that they and Lucas had a fairly coherent story. and They had it, and then the wind blew. And, and out the window it went. They all said they took it because uh, their thought was this was going to be an annual check. Because it was a Star Wars Christmas special. How could it... How could it only air once and never again? They were expecting that, like, Rankin and Bass, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah, money. run for years. Yeah. They were expecting it to run every year the way, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas does. Yeah. But, like, here's some fun perspective. Ask a random person to name some holidays in, like, the December winter time. Yeah. I bet you that... More than half of the people you say will say Christmas, Hanukkah, and then they will probably say Festivus. Seinfeld did a better job of creating a new holiday than Wookiee Life Day ever did. Well, part of it's that this only ever aired once, and Festivus has been able to air in syndication. I feel like if they aired this again, zero people would watch. Oh, I beg to differ. I mean, if it ran in 
1979. Like one year later, it's like, we're putting it on again. Nobody would watch this. You underestimate stoners. That's not watching. (laughs) (laughs) They're not gaining any sensory information. This didn't even win in its time slot in 1978. Why would you argue this with me? It didn't win when it was new. It was beaten by an episode of The Love Boat. And this was replacing The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman, right? Yes. So, like, just upset nerds everywhere. Yeah, this aired on a Friday night. Uh, They tended to put nerd-skewing programming on Friday nights because nerds were the only people home on Friday night. Right. So they'd be like, oh, if you're into the Hulk and Wonder Woman, you're probably home, alone, a virgin. Um, So that's when they would air these shows. That makes sense. And that's when it made sense, I guess, to air the Star Wars Christmas special. Uh, Anything else about this hunk of garbage? Harrison Ford tried to get out of it. Good! I'm sorry that you were unsuccessful, Mr. Ford. And, uh, you know, the director says, like, Mark Hamill was a professional. He did a good job. Uh, and everyone else hated being there. And when they did the voice acting, everyone else just got in and got out. They said, like, Anthony Daniels had the most dialogue. Everyone else, they are played by the original actors, but they're in and out. Right. Except for Mark Hamill. He wanted to stick around and try stuff. Foreshadowing his, you know, incredibly successful career as a voice actor. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, there's a part of me that is so glad to hear that. Because it would be heartbreaking to hear, like, Carrie Fisher and uh, Harrison Ford tried their hardest. They did not. Because if they tried their hardest, this wouldn't be any better. As like, cause it there's no moment where I'm like, oh man, these performances are what's dragging this down. It's just like there's nothing for them to do. Uh, the writers allege that George Lucas told them they were not allowed to mention it, but that Han was married to a Wookiee. Why? What? Wait. Oh, <laughs> I love doing. I love being the research. Han department. Solo was married. Look, I hate this, and but the writers it's done. weren't allowed to mention it because the uh, the American public was not ready. I'm still not ready for this. He's on freaking solo. The, George Lucas knew that Han was going to end up with Leia. No, because he had the whole story already written out. No, he didn't. Anger. Uh, B. Arthur had no idea what she was filming. She only did it for her kids who loved Star Wars. Okay. But they forgot to ventilate the masks. So, like, half the extras in the cantina scene passed out. Cool. Because it was super hot. They had they got to be there less. And in the, uh, in the closing sequence, all of the Wookiees who are not the leads are wearing mass market Halloween masks. Of Chewbacca? Of, yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. And, uh, this whole thing is so dumb. Several people tried to talk George Lucas out of having nine and a half minutes of no English dialogue. Uh, now. Are you familiar with who Bruce Valanche is? Yes. Very famous comedy writer. Yes, Hollywood Squares. Uh, he is quoted as saying, You've chosen to build a story around these characters that don't speak. The only sound they make is like fat people having an orgasm. 
In fact, I told Lucas he could leave a tape recorder in my bedroom, and I'd be happy to do all the looping and Foley work for him. Gross. Bruce Valanche. Bruce Valanche, everybody. Bruce Valanche. And um, both Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford say they have not seen it all to this very day. And uh, Carrie Fisher, George Lucas gave Carrie Fisher a copy when she recorded the DVD commentary. And uh, she said... For the Star Wars Christmas special? No, no, no. For the original trilogy. Oh, okay. Uh, This has never had an official release. Okay. I uh, I didn't think so. He gave this to her and she said she played it at parties when she wanted people to go home. Well, I remember like she used to deny that it existed. She might not remember making it. I could totally see that she has no memory of it. So... Uh, this was shot, or not shot, this was aired on Friday, November 17th, 1978, which is early for Christmas, back in the 70s. Yeah, the rush in the Wookiee Life Day spirit. I mean, because now they'll release a movie like The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which came out November 2nd. Yeah, um, what a smash hit that was. Yeah, it flopped real hard. I think you have to hit that point of like November 15th before people are willing to go Christmas movie. Yes, I agree. But back then, it was, uh, we always joke with the musical Mame, when they sing We Need a Little Christmas, one of the characters goes, Annie Mame, it's only one week past Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Meanwhile, like that now. way too soon. And meanwhile, now, like, there are people who have their trees up dawn on November 1st. Yeah, very true. Hi, what's up? It's me. Sigh. So, I. Uh, that's the Star Wars holiday special. So what do you think? It's no? a stay doomed. It's terrible. It's it's a stay doomed. It's not a fun hate watch. It just... There's no substance. It's so close to not even being a show. It's clearly uh, based on the variety specials that were very common at the time. But Star Wars and variety special just didn't work together. Yeah, and like, I feel like I could do this better. Probably. Like, I feel like we could do something that makes sense in-universe. I probably would set it at the cantina. This way there'd be a reason for people to be performing. And just do, like, we're snowed in on Tatooine. It's snowing on Tatooine. Or a sandstorm. Yeah, a sandstorm. And then it snows at the end. They're like, oh, it's a holiday miracle. Okay. So, uh, what are we doing next week? What was your verdict there? Oh, no, it's a Stay Doomed. This show sucks. I need to ask this. Is this the worst thing we watched? I don't... I think it is. I don't think so, because what the saving grace of this, unlike some of the things we've watched, is that this was only an hour and a half. That's true, but, like... I'm thinking of, like, Nightmare Ned, which was 23 half hours. I agree, but I think if you put them up against each other, Two hours in front of the TV watching the Star Wars Holiday Special versus watching a half hour or 22 minutes of Nightmare Ned once a week. Like, I think Nightmare Ned would hold my attention more in its premiere state than the Star Wars Holiday Special ever would. Okay. If I had to watch one of them again, I would choose the Star Wars Holiday Special because Nightmare Ned was 23 episodes. I, I Like, it's hard to just say, well, because longer. Because we watched all of Nightmare Ned, but that is not how Nightmare Ned was meant to be consumed. 
It was not meant to be consumed in watch 22 episodes, watch 22 episodes, or 22 minutes, 22 minutes, 22 minutes. We watched the Star Wars Holiday Special, how it was meant to be consumed. And it's miserable. I'm going to leave you with a teaser, dear audience. I would say this is the worst thing we've ever watched. But stay tuned for next week. Next week, we will be watching Al Capone's Vaults, or The Secrets of Al Capone's Vaults. Now, we have actually, uh, we're recording this a little later because of a technical issue. We have watched Al Capone's Vaults. It's going to be a fun episode, gang. Yeah. Go ahead and watch it. It's in the links below. Uh, So, where can people contact us, Noah? Uh, they can go to uh, the the emails, and they can email us at the Stay Doom Show, the Stay Doom Show, the Stay Doom Show at, at gmail dot com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. Yeah, see, this is why you handle this part of the show. <laughs> and where can people see us live? People can see us live. We don't know our schedule yet, but people can see us live uh, June fourteenth through sixteenth at Wizard World Philadelphia. Woot. And June 21st through 23rd at the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. Woot woot. So be sure to come see us there. And uh, if you want to talk to me about Christmas specials where a cop gets shot, I'm at TV's Noah. If you want to talk to me about how different Star Wars names sound like things Pooh Bear is afraid of, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.